0: Let's stand together. We're going to be looking in Proverbs chapter 20 this morning. A message I call, Even a Child. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 11. Even a child is known by his deeds, whether what he does is pure and right. Even a child is known by his deeds. May God bless the reading of his word today Is my prayer. You may be seated. We've been for several weeks now in a series of messages in the book of Proverbs uh, called God's Wisdom for Our Lives, and this morning we're going to begin a consideration of what the Proverbs say, and we'll pull in some other passages of Scripture from other places, other books in the Bible, but what the Proverbs have to say for the most part about raising children. Uh, And we see it uh, put before us this morning, even a child is known by his deeds. Now, I'll return to a consideration of that passage and others that we're going to look at in a few moments, Uh, but I want to begin today in somewhat of an unusual way. Stick with me for a bit and hopefully you'll understand that I'm not just chasing an unrelated rabbit Uh, But uh, this is an integral part of what I'm going to deliver to you this morning. Uh, Throughout history, efforts have been made to enforce the Bible as the ruling document for whole nations of people. This happened throughout history from almost the beginning. Every effort to combine the church and the state and enforce the teachings of the Bible with the penalty of law, has been catastrophic. Uh, State religions have been established in countries around the world. The penalty of law then was added to the principles of scriptures to force obedience to whatever standards the state religion held to. Untold millions of people have been tortured and slaughtered At the hands of these state religions claiming to be Christian. State religions claiming to be Christians. Untold millions of people have been tortured and slaughtered. Their only crime was to worship God according to their own beliefs. God never intended it to be that way. And I bring this up because there are many places where the clear teaching of Scripture comes up against uh, the prevailing wisdom, against our culture, and more and more we see the appeals being made to scientific evidence, uh, science. So that increasingly we have the scriptures being set against science. Well, you don't believe the Bible, do you? Surely you don't believe the Bible is true. We have science, and science says. We see this in the origin of the universe, the age of the universe, the origin of life. We see it in matters of gender, in matters of sexuality, matters of so-called abortion rights or reproductive rights. We see it in criminal law enforcement and so many other areas. I don't even have time to mention them all this morning. Uh, Basically, you can point to almost any agenda that's being promoted in our culture today at large, and they will point to their scientific studies that backs up and proves conclusively that they're on the side of right. And those who believe the Bible are basically on the side of those who believe in a flat earth. In the meantime, generations of what was considered right, true, and wholesome have been swept aside. Generations of ideas. Ideas held by people for generations. So uh, we propose a question then. Should we throw the entire scientific, medical, and psychological fields out the window? Would we promote or propose That modern America should completely adhere to the truth of the Bible and that that would be enforced by some sort of governmental regulation? Are we in hopes that we can so change the government as to make the Bible authoritative? Well, the folks on the other side think we do, they think that's what we want. So, I want to say something very clearly this morning. Your Lord and Savior and mine is one day going to rule this world by the truth of Scripture. That will happen. If you believe the Bible, you believe in Jesus, then Jesus, you know Jesus is coming again. And you know that he will reign and we will live and reign with him for a thousand years. Jesus Christ will one day rule this world according to the truth of the Bible. And until that happens, I don't want any governmental authority trying to do it. I don't trust any governmental authority to try to enforce the rule of Scripture. We have a track record of that in history going all the way back to the third century when Constantine started it and established a church religion and established Christianity, as he called it, a state religion. We know what that does. To Christianity, we know what it does to the state. It's a perversion of both. We don't want that. But I'll tell you today what you already know. That while we're not trying to enforce the teachings of the Bible on the culture at large so that we want to create a governmental structure that makes everybody live by what the Bible says, we're not trying to do that. Uh, But the effort is underway to try to force all of us to turn away from practicing what the Bible clearly tells us to do. And they're using governmental authority in many countries. Thankfully, not so much here yet, but in many countries they are. I tell you, I I thank God more and more for our founding fathers and for the First Amendment. Which said, by the way, that Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion. There'll be no state church in the United States of America. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Nor prohibit the free exercise thereof. That's Lot Amendment 497. That was number one. Number one. Now, I brought all this up this morning. I think, well, what in the world? Why did you go into all of that? Well, there are few places where the teachings of Scripture provide such a marked and specific divide in our culture than in what the Bible says about raising children. There's an incredible divide, and I'm going to prove that to you this morning. What is being published today is fact, recognized broadly as absolute scientifically proven fact, and in some parts of the world is being enforced by the power of law. What is being taught in our medical and psychiatric institutions about raising children is completely opposite Of what the Bible says. I would never participate in an effort to make what the Bible says about raising children the law of the land. To be enforced by courts. By judges. Argued by lawyers. Imagine. No offense lawyers. We got some of them here today. Enforced on the streets by policemen. Mm Mm-mm. You cannot force compliance to the truth of Scripture. What you can do is present it. You can preach it. Thank God we still have that liberty. Tell people what it says. And we can then present it as something that believers in Jesus Christ and believers in the Bible should follow you. I can't make anybody do it. I can't make anybody believe it. But I can remind you the truth of 2 Timothy 3.16, which says that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, in order to prove the premise that I put before you today, I'm going to focus on one area of child raising. What we will call correction uh, later in our study in the book of Proverbs. The American Academy of Pediatrics, for example, has an article that I read this week published on NPR's website with the headline, Spanking Children, Don't Do It, Ever. It's American Academy of Pediatrics. The American Psychiatric Association says simply, spanking doesn't work. If you do a Google search, you will find an overwhelming, overwhelming number of articles that say, claim, state clearly, emphatically, empirically, they like that word a lot, empirical evidence, they like to say that, that spanking a child is harmful to both the child and to parents. Overwhelming number of articles Interestingly, I learned that one of the first major articles to address the subject of spanking was published in 1998. 1998 by the American Academy of Pediatrics I've already referred to. In 1998, their article questioned the effectiveness of physical punishment and discouraged parents from spanking their kids. That was in 1998. They updated this in 2018, and in 2018, the American Academy of Pediatrics bluntly stated that parents should never spank their children at all. What made the difference? I'm glad you asked. There was... uh, They claimed that studies had been Undertaken that overwhelmingly confirmed that spanking has a negative result. So that the reason they went from discouraging the use of physical punishment in 1998 and saying never spank at all in 2018 was based on this study. And as we looked a little deeper, I found out that mainly it was a study that was published in 2016. 2016. The study was by uh, Dr. Elizabeth Gershoff from the University of Texas, who analyzed the results of 75 other studies and compiled them into her report. The problem with their studies was noted by another researcher out of the University of Oklahoma, uh, Dr. Robert E. Lars and if I didn't say that right, just forgive me. He noted that of the 75 studies that Dr. Gershoff considered, only four of them compared the use of what he called appropriate physical discipline to non-physical discipline. And only one of the four then, one out of 75, actually used a scientific method of setting up a test case between parents and homes where they practiced appropriate physical discipline and homes where no physical discipline was ever used. The results of those four studies somehow are never mentioned when Dr. Gershaw's research is quoted, uh, even though she admits that the other 71 studies were limited by their lack of test cases. Of course they were. Only four Still, in the hundreds of articles that I read, or that I didn't read, I I read dozens, but I saw hundreds of them, in everything from Good Housekeeping to the U.S. News and World Reports, and the reason I didn't read them all is after a while, I just started looking for Dr. Gershoff. Because I found out that her studies have been quoted as almost the authority that is used to make that decision Spanking never works. Spanking is harmful to both children and parents. Spanking will affect the brain development of children. They all referenced the same study. 2016, Dr. Gershaw, University of Texas. Now compare that with the teaching of the Bible. And I put this up in the New Living Translation, which is one of my favorites just for reading. When I want to sit down, just read the Bible. I I love to read it in the New Living Translation. Proverbs 23, 13 says, Don't fail to discipline your children. The rod of punishment won't kill them. (laughs) I love that. Physical discipline may well save them from death. Proverbs twenty-three, thirteen through 14. Now, in the interest of uh, what I'll call full disclosure, for lack of a better term this morning, I also want to show you that same passage in the King James Version. And we can understand why that maybe there's some confusion about what the Bible teaches. Because the King James says in the same passage, Withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die thou shalt beat him with a rod and shall deliver his soul from hell. And you read that and you're going to very likely get some picture of somebody with a big old, big old rod, just flogging away on their kids and blood flying. And I want you to notice that Regardless of translation, they all speak of the rod. You'll see it, the rod, the rod of punishment. So they're talking about something that's considered as an an entity to itself. When you make up a composition like that in any language and you say the rod, then you're talking about something. We call it the institutional use of something. It's speaking of an entity. And in this sense, it is very easily seen as a comparison to Romans 13. And where the subject of the sword, the sword, is brought up. Verse 3 of Romans 13 says, For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise of the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. Yes, all you law enforcement officers are in the ministry you sure are and thank you but if you do evil be afraid for he that is the rulers and here it is does not bear the sword in vain for he is God's minister and in an avenger to execute wrath on him who practices his evil so the passage speaks of governmental rulers and as God's ministers and they bear the sword and it's not speaking of a literal sword it is instead speaking of the authority to administer punishment and it is represented by that expression the sword that is his authority to administer punishment against those who do evil it can refer to the loss of property Many of us have experienced that multiple times, several times, where you break the law and they impose a fine. If you haven't experienced that, that's OK, and if you have, obviously, all of y'all are not going to admit it. So I did admit it. I have paid a fine or two along the way. loss of property. Uh, the sword, then, and the use of the sword can refer to the loss of privileges, as in the loss of driving privileges. I haven't experienced that. It can refer to the loss of freedom, as in imprisonment or house arrest. I haven't. I've, uh, it can refer also to capital punishment. Yes, the loss of life in rare cases. All of these are examples of how rulers use the sword, the sword to punish evildoers, and I personally believe that they should be using it a lot more often than what is being seen in today's world. When the Old Testament then speaks of parents and the rod, it should be read with that same concept where the rod then represents the authority of parents to administer punishment. Thus, the New Living Translation translates it that way as discipline and the rod of punishment. It was never the intent of Scripture that beating a child or hitting a child or causing injury to a child is okay or defendable. That is not the teaching of Scripture. Never was. And some of you may be thinking, well, doesn't it say in the book of Deuteronomy that a rebellious son could be stoned? Yes, it does say that. Number one, it was under the Old Testament law. But number two, that wasn't talking about a child. It's talking about a grown son. A grown son who wouldn't work, who laid around high all the time. The Bible called it drunken. Wouldn't work. Wouldn't obey his parents. They could actually file charges against their son, and it was a capital offense. They'd be put to death for refusing to obey, for refusing to work and laying around drunk all the time. I'll save that for another message. But uh, <laughs> uh, yes, uh, that is in the book of Deuteronomy, but I can still say what I said. It is never was never the intent of scripture that beating a child or hitting a child or causing injury to a child is okay or defendable. It's not. But Dr. Gershoff and those who follow her thinking don't see really any difference between a child uh, that is beaten and beaten repeatedly and what other researchers would call an appropriate level of physical discipline. Because apparently, uh, to her, there is no such thing as appropriate physical discipline. That's why that her study was slanted the way it was. To them, any spaking, any kind of physical punishment damages a child. And she and those who follow her are convinced it even damages their brain. I couldn't help but think that I wish they were all a little more concerned about the damage being done to children's brains, especially toddlers, by a constant diet of video games and television. But I don't think that's ever going to get the same traction as their studies did about physical difference, discipline. So this morning, I want you to see the difference could not be clearer. Modern science, and I'm talking about articles and articles and articles, overwhelmingly claiming that they have proved that physical discipline doesn't work and does damage to the child and to the parents. The Bible says that physical discipline is essential and it may save a child's life strongly implying that if you don't physically discipline your child they may die from it you can't get any more different than that I can't tell you the number of kids right here in Cabot that I've seen who've died because they were in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong crowd doing the wrong things. Children left to themselves and without discipline can literally pay the price with their lives. Thus, we have the truth of Scripture on one side and the facts of modern science put out since 1998 And if you don't see the uh, essential um, numbers that are there, yeah, we're talking about the last 25 years or so. And it's not just this, but in many, many other areas of life and living, the last 25 years has seen the medical field, the scientific field, the psychiatric field, the educational field, the news media, and even the government all harnessed up. And if it seems like that they're all in collusion with each other in some kind of a gigantic effort to produce radical change, if it seems that way, it's because they are. And this is one of the things they intend to change, the home, and they target it because it is arguably the most influential place of all. No single place has a greater potential impact on a nation than the home. And to put it bluntly this morning, you cannot fundamentally change a nation unless you have the ability to fundamentally transform its children. Our text this morning tells us then that even a child is known by his deeds, whether they be pure and right, Children are known then by how they behave. The Bible says this. Now we've been cautioned again and again about putting labels on children and rightfully so, especially those that are negative in nature. Tell a child enough that they're stupid and will never amount to anything and it's very likely it'll be a self-fulfilling prophecy. But it's a very unusual thing to hear parents speaking to their children or anybody speaking to children uh, in that kind of a negative way. We may say a child is busy. If you're going to babysit for a child that's busy, uh, that's code for they're going to get into everything. We may say a child is active. Uh, That means you can forget about taking a nap today. We may say a child is inquisitive, and that may mean, depending on their age, that you're going to answer a thousand questions, or it may just mean that they're going to pick up everything and examine it carefully or not very carefully. (laughs) We may say a child is rebellious. A child doesn't listen. A child doesn't mind. A child is demanding And in case you don't know, if we're saying a child is demanding, that means that that child will pitch a hissy fit in a heartbeat if he or she doesn't get her way. Even a child, the Bible says, is known by how they behave. Whether they have thoughts that are pure, whether they have a respect for what is right and what is wrong. And the very fact that this passage is in the Bible is God's way of reminding us that children can learn. Children can learn. Children must learn. And children will learn how to behave, whether that behavior is good or bad. They can learn. They must learn. And they will learn either how to behave well or how to behave badly. And so this morning, and I'm all out of time and I knew it would be, I want to lay out the direction that future messages are going to take. And uh, I used to really be bothered when I did something like this, knowing that there would always be somebody here that's from out of town and they'll never be able to hear the rest of these messages. But we've taken that problem away from you uh, because we'll put them online and you can listen to them. You might be sitting there thinking, boy, I wish my kids or grandkids, you can't make them listen, but you can tell them you really need to listen to this. I'm not bragging on my preaching. I'm not that good. I can brag on the Word of God. It is that good. And we have a very clear choice to make here, folks. And I think I've laid it out. In this one area alone, we can see very, very clearly that what is being promoted, what's being taught in our educational institution everywhere, they're saying one thing. The Bible says something else. And so for, I don't know how long, it won't be a whole big long time, but it will be at least a couple of more sermons and maybe as many as four. We're going to be centering in, in Proverbs 22 and 6, famous passage. that says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child and I'm going to summarize very quickly my the way that this is going to go for you today how do, how do you do this how do you train up a child what are the things that the Bible teaches that the Proverbs show to us that we are to do in this process of training a child and I've isolated four things that we're going to be talking about the first one I'll call simply affection affection And we're going to be looking at what the Bible has to say about how that we are to love and to nurture our children. Children need affection. And if we're going to train our children, they have to know that we love them. The Bible tells us that love will hide a multitude of sins. Uh, A lot of mess-ups. There's no parent would ever claim to, uh, to be perfect. Uh, they, we've all, we've all messed up from time to time. Uh, I read this week of a preacher who told a story about a, a farmer and uh, farming was so bad. He got desperate. He decided to go out, rob, rob a bank. He had an old pistol and he put it in a bag and he went in the bank. He had it all rehearsed of what he was going to do. But when he got in there, he was so nervous. He'd never done anything like that before. He reached in the bag and took out his gun and handed it to the clerk. <laughs> and then he pointed his bag at the clerk Oh, And he had intended to say, don't mess with me, this is a stick-up. But instead, he said, don't stick with me, this is a mess-up. <laughs> Every parent could look back at their own life and say, yeah, I've, I've had a lot of mess-ups in my life. Of course we have. But the Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins. A multitude of mess-ups are covered by the fact that you know your mom and daddy love you. Second great truth that we'll look at this morning, or not this morning, but uh, in, in subsequent messages, a second great ingredient in training up a child is attention. Attention. Parents are to delight in their children. And the Proverbs tell us that. The Psalms tell us that the fruit of the womb is God's reward. And as we delight then in our children, we're going to have to give them our attention. And if we're going to train them up, train a child in the way he should go, we're going to have to give them attention. Affection, attention. Number three is correction. This, of course, will involve discipline. But we'll also learn that it's not just about the necessity of correcting wrong behavior, but also about redirecting. And I got that word from Nancy, by the way, my therapist wife. Redirection, not just correction, so that they're corrected for wrong and then shown what is right. And the last, of course, is instruction, one of the big concepts presented in scripture around discipline is about instruction, teaching, teaching. Plain and simple, we need to teach our children biblical truth because there is no way that we as a church, that we as a pastoral staff can provide all the Bible teaching that your children need. We are supplemental. The real grunt work is done by parents in the home. Instruction. That is especially true in a culture that is so hostile to biblical truth. So this is where we'll be going in the next few weeks. I hope today I've managed to accomplish my goal which was to show you that all of this stuff that we're hearing from the world's on one side, the Bible's on the other. You say, well, Brother Rich, are, are, are you a doctor? Nope, nope, not. Are you a counselor? Nope, I'm married to one. Are uh, you trained in all of these things? No, 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 I'm not. You know what I know? I know what the Bible says. That's what I know spent my life teaching it and preaching it, doing my best to live by it. Have you had any experience? Well, I'm not one of those guys that don't have any kids that's going to tell you about how to raise kids. We had five. None of them are in jail. <laughs> They're all, no offense to anybody who's got kids in jail, okay? I just don't send me letters. It, uh, uh, it's just telling the truth. Uh, They're all married, they've all got families, they're all working, serving, making a good living. I give most of the credit of that to their mother because that's where it belongs. But uh, I had my role to play in that as well. I've seen these principles, the principles of Scripture play out. And for the most part, in the world that I grew up in, listen to me, nobody even questioned whether this was right or not. But here we are. Here we are. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to raise our voices to proclaim biblical truth and hopes that you will apply it yourself and share it with others. Let's stand together, please.